How Nerdy of an Answer Do You Want? Featuring Sam Sophus. God, our Flexbox is fucking terrible on our website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is funny. Let me search. But, like, the background bounces. Oh. <laughs> 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 it totally is, which is super helpful. Which is terrible and, like, you know, like, awesome themes with Tim. I did, yeah. Well, Tim did awesome themes with... Uh, <laughs> Whiskey. Currently, he's working on a Markdown editor called Whiskey. This is our first episode, and being our first episode, things are, uh, let's say we're learning a lot. We're learning really fast. Um, we're trying to figure out how to how to record and how to ask the right questions. How to and how to speak in a way that people will be excited going. to listen We'd at love all. Your feedback. So is it if five? If you have any thoughts or suggestions, five? we're on That's Twitter, my at designdetailsfm, or you can email us at designdetailsfm at gmail.com. So without further ado, let's get down to episode one with Sam Sophus. Welcome to episode 256 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. For the last time. For the last time ever. For the last time ever. I'm, I'm done being Bryn Jackson. I'm details. done being on Design Details. This is it, y'all. I'm disappearing into the ether. And we couldn't think... Brian, you didn't say your name. I'm Brian Levin. And we couldn't think of a more fitting way for Bryn to fade into the ether than to have our good friend Sam Sophus on board to see him off. Sam was our first recording our ever. first and most guest first and most uh frequent guest on design details and frequent contributor contributing uh, editor sam yeah. sophus this is this is us uh having a chat amongst friends we talk about uh some developer stuff we talk about side project stuff we talk about uh all the exciting projects that are upcoming we talk for about Bryn. all the shit that's changed since the first episode of this podcast too yeah like sam is in a different place now and that's fucking cool and we also have shut a bunch of things down and we've started a bunch of things and mm-hmm. we've, we've done a whole bunch of shit since yeah the first episode three and a half years ago so it's a little more rambly but uh a lot more honest and introspective and we hope you enjoy it it's a lot more drinky and a lot more drinky yeah uh this is bryn's last episode of design details um design details is continuing in some form we talked about that a little bit yeah. but brian do you want to give people a heads up yeah design details will continue on i think i'm going to take a a week off in between but we'll be back uh with a new format a new cast and crew to well, same crew s- new crew cast, being sarah new cast same crew same you uh hopefully <laughs> Hope, hope, hopefully uh, so maybe same half of you <laughs> yeah just a, a quick teaser the the show's gonna head more in of a uh design direction so probably fewer interviews fewer backstories and a little more industry-ish industry-ish talking about what's going on in the world of design and development and i hope it will be interesting and i hope that you will stick around and and keep listening to what we have to to talk about the royal we at the this ro- point the royal we not, you're working on a new co-host not, though right not print Yep, Brian. So, you, you've started working on a new coast, right? Yes. You're not just waiting to the last second. He's in the lab. Westworld. Uh, <clears throat> Bernard. <laughs> Bernard's my new coast. <laughs> Bernard is my coast. My boy. My boy V. Uh, I hope he doesn't kill me. 
I mean, he only killed. <laughs> These Westworld jokes are really going to come across strong a month after the <sighs> finale. <laughs> well, I'm really glad we waited to go completely off the rails until the last episode, and we definitely didn't talk about time wizardry in an ad read or anything like that. We've we've gone off the rails. Anyways, uh, hope you'll stick around. Um, more updates and episodes to come. So thanks everyone for for joining along. Bryn, any any final words before we get into your final? final episode of Sign Details. I just want to thank the Academy and Abstract. Abstract is a source. <laughs> abstract. Oh. They've, oh. Done, they've done so much for You us. know how in <laughs> Westworld, there are like branching timelines and it's like very clear that things are like happening at different times? You can do that with your design files in Abstract. Pretty incredible technology. Uh, Sentience is on their V2 roadmap. Uh, that's coming soon. But until then... I think we can promise that for them, probably. I think, yeah. Legally, that's probably a safe bet. First was Chronomancy, second was Sentient Design Files. That's right. But until then, Abstract is a secure version-controlled hub for your design files. Uh, It helps you and your team collaborate on a single source of truth, making it easy to branch ideas, revert bad ideas, uh, and all collaborate without having to worry about conflicting files, duplicate files, things getting lost or corrupted. If you think about it, each time you like choose a path and like go down that in your design file, there's actually like you're creating several like multiple, several other realities where you took a different path. That's right. So just pick one because someone else in a different reality is doing the other ones you That's don't have right. to worry about it you don't have to worry about it alternate universe thanks U. abstract for removing that pressure alternate universe U is is thriving and doing well every time that you fork a version of your project in abstract uh we can't recommend it enough i think uh version control is is a paradigm that uh everyone should be considering for for more than just design and development uh but certainly design it, it's time for the industry to catch up to a better workflow, a better way to collaborate. And they want you to try it for free. If you go to goabstract.com, you can sign up for free for a month. Uh, Give it a try, upload some sketch files, see how it works, then get your team on board. Uh, It's going to change the way that you collaborate together and build products together. It's going to remove headaches, remove barriers. Uh, Seriously, it's time to get on board. Go to goabstract.com, sign up for that free month trial. And save yourself some arguments because the multiverse is taking care of it for you. That's right. Thank you again to Abstract. And with that, we'll get into 256 with Sam Sophies. Sophies? Sophies? Sophies. Safa. Sophies. Safa. Sam Sophies. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Um, Uh, I'm Sam. I'm a (laughs) developer. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh i mainly am known you begged us enough like <laughs> well i really wanted to do 100. what are you working on sam <laughs> i want to do a hundred so i could, could like a reverse interview like you did all these shows like yeah, good yeah. job and then you never wanted to do how that. many episodes have you done this is my sixth no sixth. for not for just design details how many total podcast episodes have you done on the spec network uh well how many did we do for mutable 100 how many for runtime I don't know. <laughs> Me either. This is you great. You did it. This is great. Something? Good content. Can right. we round up we to 200? Is it appropriate to round up to 200? Yes. Stand by. It's like 160. Do I we do guess. an even? I'm going to guess it's 59 100 of We did 49 for runtime. I was so close. And Immutable is 110. Oh, okay. So 165 episodes. 110 plus 49 plus 6 is 165. 
Boom, math boy. All right. It wasn't even multiple of eight. So the point being here, uh, if you haven't heard of Sam, you might not have also heard of most of the other things that we do on the Spec Network. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, but for people who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Uh, I'm a developer mainly. My Twitter bio used to say developer and wannabe designer. I don't know what it. It also alternated says. between developer slash designer and developer, right? And yeah, like I, developer I and wannabe designer. I like design a lot, but I don't do it during the day usually. Professionally paid for by corporation. So I mainly do iOS development, but I've done a lot of web stuff and mm-hmm. whatever else, Mac, etc. Nice. So I currently work at Lyft as an iOS developer. I'm working on design systems for mobile, which is cool. Talk to me about that. Is this a, a new gig for you? <laughs> How many shades of pink are there? Uh, 14. <laughs> cool. Cool. Uh, one is lift pink, and then there's like another pink that's not lift pink, but there's like shades of that one. Lift pink too. Uh, well, it's zero through 100, but there's not every stop. Wait, is it really opacity or is it like it's fake not opacity. opacity? It's saturation. My, dude, luminosity, my boy, actually. you get me. Yeah, there's no alpha allowed. In theory, but in practice, yes. that doesn't work at all. Thank you. Is that uh, your favorite part of design systems is naming and organizing colors? No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a guy that made this awesome color system. It's all like derived by math, not just someone picking, which I'm a big fan of that. Yep. Um, so there was a talk someone gave about it recently. Maybe you all can link it. Um, we have the technology. Cool. Can you tell us who did it? Linda at Linda Dong? Re something. Yes, Linda Dong. Linda at Rethink. Got it. That, yes. If it is available, I will find it. Cool. Um, she talked about it. Kevin Arnett is the guy. Or not? I'm not sure. Or not. Or not. Kevin Arnett? Or not. Or not. <laughs> Kevin Arnott is the designer for the color stuff. He's fantastic. He just does color stuff. I don't know what that does day to day, but he's good at picking colors. So, what, anyway. Yeah, what's your, your involvement here? On um, that? So... I was the first like engineer working on the project. So I was helping like define a lot of how we're going to do it. And um, I don't know what it means to have other like engineers and designers and stuff work on it. So a lot of the early work was not implementing anything for mobile. It was um, a lot of tooling and automation. So we find all of the constants and stuff for like, here's all the colors, all the fonts, like shadow radiuses, um, animation, timing, curves, ton of stuff. Uh, in JSON files on GitHub. And when those change, um, a server automatically regenerates Swift code and Java code and CSS. Um, Sketch variables. Some other stuff. Um, there's a Sketch library that's maintained separately currently, but Got it. we met with Sketch recently and we're like, hey, we want to generate Sketch files. And he's yeah. like, yeah, sure, you can do that. And like, cool. give us some pointers. So orig- eventually the idea is like everything's defined in one spot and then everything is generated from that. Um, Meg works at Lyft now, which is cool. Meg Robichaux. Meg Robichaux. So all her icons and stuff are like part of the system and they're all defined in the file. She's a very good illustrator person. So yeah, I don't know. A lot of that. So writing Swift that runs on Linux is like kind of a weird thing. Is that your first time doing server-side Swift? Yeah, I mean, it's not really like... I mean, I guess it is on a server, but it's not like web server-side Swift. So it's probably not what people are thinking of. Oh, clarify for me. Because it's like continuous integration runs it, Mm. like CI. So when you push a change on GitHub, like a thing runs on a server that's like, here's the code. And then that runs and generates the the Swift code and the Java code and whatever. Um, So that's what's running it. And Swift on Linux is like kind of a pain, um, especially the parts we're using. So it's not like really fun 
but it's really <laughs> rewarding when you finish it. It's not like Mac development. It's like it kind of sucks, but when you do it, you're like, yeah, I, I did, did it. it. <laughs> I solved hard uh, shit. Yeah. Wait, it's not like Mac development in that way? No, it is. It's exactly like Mac okay, development. Mac development is cool. the worst. But I was wait. very confused. I was like, wait, isn't that exactly what it is? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, and now I'm like, working a lot on like implementation details of all the components on iOS and coordinating a lot with Android and design to like how everything works together. So it's been good. Uh, talk to me about the coordinating with Android part. How, like obviously the platforms are different. So how do you think about this thing should be sameness across both or UI kit for Android? <laughs> yeah. Not that for Kotlin. So it's uh, the actually store Java, but they're trying to move to Kotlin. Kotlin it um, is. So Kotlin's like Swift, but for Android, if you're unfamiliar, by the way, um, so it's been really good. I'd never really worked closely with Android people before until um, my previous project and then now at Lyft. Uh, it's been really great because um, it's just mobile engineers that are passionate about good user experiences and they just have a different set of tools. They often complain about Android, which is kind of like, cool, yeah, all right. They get it. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of like we're naming something. So we're talking with design, like here's what we need, you know, like um, an action sheet, for example. I was like, well, that's not a thing on Android. Um, but there's all these other things that are. So it's just sit down and kind of like, what is the name that makes sense so we can both share? Because the goal is we have like consistent naming. So if designers is action sheet, then iOS and Android can all be on the same page. Or a developer can say that and everyone's on the same page. Because um, currently we have like, it's chaos because it's just no one's like put sure. thought into it. Um, Classic. Into like, like the consistency. That's a really nice thing to say about everyone who's <laughs> put thought into it. Uh, it was never like intentionally worked on to make it like consistent. So it's kind of... It wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't prioritized, uh, right? So we're spending a lot of time on that, and that's been really good, um, especially learning like Android, for example, calls like a normal like text on the screen, like just like a. I always calls it a label. They call it a text view, but like a text view on iOS is like uh, a text area, like in web, like a, mm-hmm. a long form texting, and for them that's called like a multi line text edit. And we're like, gosh, yeah. we're not calling it that. Like, jeez. <laughs> so um, a lot of like compromises. Uh, to try to still make it feel good on your platform, but also like consistent naming. Uh, and that's been really fun. Um, a lot of just like higher level, like, hey, how did you make this? And then we can talk about it like kind of high level because neither of us know the opposite language that well. Um, and that's been really fun. I don't know. Kind of like oh, what I'm doing is like not that special. Like we can all like just like. Oh, well, I assume that. Be like, I don't know. I feel like mobile developers obviously like are often take themselves uh, a little too seriously. Like we're crafting beautiful interfaces or whatever it's like no you're just like moving some views around like chill out that's that bride driven development Uh so yeah anyway that's been good i have a a couple engineering topics that i've been wanting to to get your take on (laughs) i like this uh all right first design details yeah we're getting a developer last one yeah sorry designers you're not gonna care about this one either if you wanted this last uh design details with brin to be about design (laughs) suck it oh yeah with brin sorry sorry yeah um so do it all right Sorry, I'm texting my sister. First one, first, <laughs> first hot take. Classic. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what's happening on Mac as it relates to cross-platform development with yeah. iOS. Really exciting stuff. So there's a thing. There's Marzipan? Not a, yeah, it's not an official name, but the community has been calling I, it Marzipan. I thought you were be talking about Electron, and I was very confused for no, a minute. No, no, no. We can talk about that, too. Um, no, so Marzipan, again, not the official name, but it's it's a UI kit on the Mac is the, the concept. So... All of the new stuff in uh, Mojave uses it, although it's not public until next year. Wait, can I interrupt you? Give me like a 
one minute background of what the problem was in this area that is leading to like this kind of huge moment for developers? I'm going to Google to get a fact real quick. We're keeping all this audio in. Hey, Sarah. I typoed it. Got a autocorrect. <laughs> um, nope. I typoed the other word, too. I typoed two of the three words in this. Here we go. Mars, a pan is one word. Okay. And it's almondy. All right. So back in September 1989, um, the year some of us were born and before others. Yes. Uh, Apple released Next OS. Which is like the next operating system. Well, uh, like they acquired it from Next, right? No, that's the year it came out. So this is like when so Next first launched Next their product. Next OS. Correct. God, you f- pedantic motherfucker. The company is called Next. It's when Steve Jobs left Apple and like started his own thing. It's called Next. Um, capital N, lowercase e, capital X, capital T. It was the 80s. It was, it was really cool the way fine. Saul Bass, Saul uh, Bass, whatever, did their logo and everything. That was real rough. They took it <laughs> real serious. Whatever. That's the whole thing. Anyway, um, so that's when this came, that's when Next came out. Um, it was called Next Step was like the full full name. Um, all capitals except for the first E. Okay. They should have come to me for the name. Weird. I'm just going to throw that anyway, out there. It's the 80s, right? So uh, they started obviously before 89 and it came out 89. And we're still using that UI kit today on the mac so we still have ns window for next step like that's what ns stands yeah, next for? step ns button ns text field and if you look at a lot of documentation for the app kit stuff app kits like what the mac one's called the app kits like the thing for making apps right a lot of it's since 10.0 which is when apple acquired it and relaunched it all so uh a lot of the stuff from you know mac os 1.0 which 1985 no way six 2002 i think 1.0 mac os 1.0 really mac os 2001 march 24 suck it well all right so 2001 when wait i had 10.4 in like 2007 2006 2004 2004 that was my first version. Oh, yeah. zero and then yeah. one. Like they weren't all a year. Sure. Anyway, so when Mac OS came, when Mac OS 1.0 came out in 2001, it's the same stuff, but a lot of it. I mean, they'd obviously done a lot of improvements over the last, you know, 10 years there. Um, but a lot of it's still the original. And you can go buy like a next machine on eBay and like run. The Xcode used to be called Project Builder. And actually, the file extension internally is still PBX for project. Holy um, shit. I did not realize that. Okay. Also, like, uh, nib like the interface yeah. builder is next step interface builder that's what it stands for uh also it's a pun on coco oh, I thought, yeah i thought it was a coco pun. it's also like, a pun on coco but it's next step interface builder is what it stands for so i'm sure whoever thought of that was like over the moon i yeah. feel like they had <laughs> we've got it i feel like they had to have worked forward from nib to coco uh no i think coco was first i'm pretty confident maybe not interested in finding out that information anyway so this junk's real old that said the foresight those guys had, the foresight those engineers had back then is like mind blowing. Because at the time, I did a little bit of Windows development right around when I started uh, Mac development, and it was like complete chaos, like so difficult. Uh, it was called MFC for like Microsoft Foundation something, and everyone called it like motherfucking crazy because it was like completely nuts really difficult like 40 lines of code to like put a window on the screen like <laughs> insane so yeah anyway it's really good at the time it's still like not bad 
But iOS was like a breath of fresh air, and they started that in 2008. I'm sure they started engineering them before then, but that's yeah, when it yeah. came out. Um, or like the SDK came out in 2007. Um, so a lot of the stuff that was an applicant that was like confusing or really complicated, they simplified. Um, for example, there's like six different ways an image, MS image can hold an image. But on Mac, or sorry, on iOS, UI image, there's like a way and like that's it. And that's like, cool, that's all you need. <laughs> we don't need like 30 different ways to do this. And a lot of it was for performance because machines were like so slow back then. Um, same for like the way tables work on Mac is really complicated because they designed it so they can make like Excel on Mac like forever ago and like machines were terrible back then. So it was like really complicated anyway. So iOS is like really nice comparatively um, because everything's like relatively new and like, you know, there, there was a significant thought put into it when they released it. And even from iOS 2.0, which is the first public release for developers to 3.0, like a ton of stuff is deprecated and replaced like the first year of people working out like, Oh geez, work to do. Uh, since then, nothing like drastic has happened, and it's been like really nice. Um, actually, just this morning, I was compiling an app I wrote in 2008, wow. just like for fun. I mean, it's been 10 just years. Just for fun. That's you know, crazy. I was, yeah. uh, I was like talking to people I used to work with. Um, this is Bible. Um, this is weird. I don't know if this is like too braggy, but there's like a new Bible museum in Washington, D.C., and like my original iPhone is going to like be in the museum as like what? the first device to have like the Bible app. So it's like they like got it from the guy I sold it to, and I had to like sign a thing that was like I sold it to him on this day, and it was like whole thing. I was like, man, if someone wants my phone, it's so weird. Holy shit, that's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, so I was like trying to compile, but also really braggy. <laughs> I- <laughs> well, I was trying to compile like the original. <laughs> Didn't Jesus say something about humility or something? <laughs> I don't, anyway, don't ask me for Jesus quotes. Anyway, it's not my forte. That's one of them. You're you're not off far off. Anyway. uh uh, I was trying to compile like the oldest possible version and a lot of it, I opened it up and it was like deprecated in 3.0 and there was like a hundred setting warnings. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh yes. I wrote it in 2.0. I was like before anyway. Um, right. So <laughs> long answer here. iOS is like pretty great compared to Mac. Mac's really, really difficult. And also if you think about it, like Mac has like the mini bar and multiple windows and spaces and the dock and so much stuff. Yeah. Um, seriously, so much stuff. You can also like move a window from one monitor to another and one could be retina. One couldn't be retina or like, like, so much crazy, crazy Most stuff. browsers don't reset stuff. It's a hard thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure contrast, it's this like color picker Mac app thing I work on. I'm glad um, you have started login now. Doesn't work. Oh, cool. Do you use it? Mm-hmm. Cool. I just always am like, wait, why won't it start? And then Alfred doesn't find it for some reason. But, so I go, I go open it and then it's open for the rest of the time until I shut my computer down. And I down. got hotkeys so you don't even have to open it. You can just push the thing. Hmm. Okay, no, so anyways. I, I needed it to start at login. That's so, what was important. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Mac Mac world's incredibly complicated. iOS world is nice. So now we're at uh, Marzipan. What is, right. what is this? So Marzipan uh, lets you run iOS code on the Mac. So when you make like a UI button, it's its own thing, but it looks like a Mac button and you can press it and then like, it, cool, you have like regular iOS code that got a, a tap, not a click. And it kind of like translates all the events and stuff for you. They do scale things wrong right yeah, now, I which mean, I hope they fix. It's the second developer beta, so like I'm sure okay. they're working on it. As, Currently, if you resize a window, it's like real slow. Because also on iOS, you think like it's the also screen never changes size. It's right. not like accurate to the actual size. Yeah, I mean, it, that's stuff all that stuff's like real complicated. I'm, I'm sure they're working. That's why 
I'm glad they waited a year and did this like preview thing instead of like giving it to developers because it would be like unusable. Yes. So you sound excited. This sounds like a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally really excited about it. I mean, part of me is a little like no one can make Mac apps because it's really hard. And I'm like, man, now I'm going to lose this like cool skill because anyone can yeah. do it. But I mean, I think that's... It's, I'm, I'm more optimistic that people will make great stuff and quit building electronics. Yeah, well, let's get to the like real, like, vision-y, like, meaningful impact stuff. <laughs> you can now run React Native on the Mac. Uh, oh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> well, Airbnb No more Electron, just React Native. Airbnb, so they're not doing it, so I think everyone's going to quit. Because that whole community is very, like, what's cool. We've all quit on Airbnb anyway. So, I mean, well, do you it's think funny. people are still going to do React it, Native? It's really funny you mention it, because... Of the two topics I want to talk about, Marzipan was one and React Native was the second because uh, obviously the big news this week is Airbnb is deprecating their use of React Native. Yeah, that's the big news this week. Yep. The, it's pretty big developer news. Uh, and uh, it, it's been interesting to watch this, not necessarily negative, but there's definitely been tribalism among JavaScript developers and native developers about the merits and value that is provided by the React Native ecosystem. So when Airbnb announces that they're deprecating it, native engineers are sort of, from my point of view, feel vindicated, like yeah, we absolutely. were right. And JavaScript engineers feel like, at least for me, is like, okay, it didn't work for Airbnb, but I don't know that that's a reason to throw away the whole technology, Yeah, right? absolutely. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Baby with the bathwater kind of thing. Uh, so if you've seen Arrested Development... They go to like couples counseling and they're like, oh, but marriage never works for anyone. But like, but it could work for us. <laughs> That's like my favorite yeah. meme around all of this stuff is like the that. Tobias being gay. Yeah, yeah. It's different. It's different for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it'll, it'll work for us. It's different. Um, it's never worked for anyone before, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. it might work for us. So Hear me out. my main point is like an iOS developer, I'm obviously like super biased because this is like my livelihood is making That's not fine. That. That's why I want to talk um, to you about it. <laughs> I think, and I think most people could agree it's You're impossible. Tobias. God damn it. I've missed being on the show. I've missed. Uh, <laughs> I'm back, y'all. God damn it. Uh, Here comes Pum Boy. Yikes. So the I think most people would agree that you can't make as good of an experience with React Native as you can like pure native stuff on either platform, especially if you do it once and not like tune it for both without like significant work. But even like scrolling performance or like more complicated things just, just is never that, it's just never quite right. It's, you can get it pretty close, but I think most people would agree that point it's got you, kind of an uncanny valley thing going brand's on. smiling weird do you agree or do you disagree with that uh i agree but i'm i think those are problems to be solved sure not like, sure sure, sure. Uh, i mean it's a fucking what like version 0.8 whatever i mean you know, how long has it been in like production at like big companies and it's always been zero dot something right like, but, yeah so, the number's kind of relevant to but me it's, it's a like few how years old if, right like yeah i don't know um, anyway, I mean, as phones get better too, that'll be less of a problem. But currently that's the main iOS developers point is like, or native in general, I guess that it's not as good. Even if like the margin is like so small, like the, that group is like a purist. I mean, I'm saying myself included, so hopefully it's not like offensive to generalize everyone. Um, like we want to, <laughs> yeah, make, that's never backfired on we, anyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> we want to make the best possible thing. So even if this is just like, Point zero zero one, not as good. I still want to do the other thing, even if it's way harder, because I want it to be like as good as it can possibly be. I honestly, I personally believe that that margin is like much greater, um, but it's kind of irrelevant to like the argument. Um, anyway, so 
when everyone when they said it didn't work for them um everyone's like yeah like of course not like we told you same for like facebook with html5 like years and years ago it was like yeah it was like really crappy and like not performing and everything kind of felt weird and like don't remember the sweet solution though like that's what apple originally wanted to give us for apps was html5 uh i mean for like a year and then we're like jk just like well, like don't buy netflix the backlash was like crazy yeah yeah i mean it was never that was never gonna work but um anyway so that's part of it and i honestly believe it like a large company like if if lyft were to switch to react native which we had actually talked about at one point i mean before i was there but uh, and it comes up every once in a while uh i honestly believe it would the app would like get way worse much faster um because it's easier to shoot yourself in the foot with that technology in my opinion um mainly because you're just writing javascript like you would on the web and you're not aware of like the technical details of how that's implemented under the hood and it could change even from version to version yeah uh, and those details matter a lot on native um like if you put like a text field could be one line or multi-line and it could be editable or not so i'll just make everything a text view there's like a huge like a huge performance thing if you just made labels or single end text fields instead of like text views it's like our text area um the performance differences there are enormous but like from javascript that might not be like apparent so i think that's my bigger thing is like it's easier to like mess it up uh and personally that makes it a bad framework in the sense that if it makes it easy for you to like mess it up that's its whole job is to make it easy to not do that in my opinion um so that's personally why i'm not a fan um but i also a lot of people when i was like you know hating on it on twitter when all that was happening as one does yeah, just kind of, you know, I told you so. Like, That's one Sam And then someone was like, oh, it's it's like, it makes it, it's like some things are kind of hard, but I think it's a great framework. And I was like, I think you're using the word great wrong. It's something along those lines. It's like, to, for me, for it to be good, it has to make you it. You just don't like liking things. It's easy cool. to I get not it. mess up. Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Brynn and I have this like ongoing argument about who hates more things, and it's clearly <laughs> Brynn. But anyway. Um, <laughs> But like a bunch of people that worked at small, like 10 person companies were like, yeah, we use React Native and we kind of don't care that the quality is slightly less. Like it's way more productive for us, especially since one person can do it for multiple. We don't have any native engineers. And I was like, yeah, I think that's an awesome use and you should totally do that because especially if it's some startup, you're probably like statistically, you're not going to exist in a year and a half anyway. So like the level of polish there, like honestly doesn't matter. Like prove your, prove your thing and get on with it or like you're done. So your your thing is way more impo- way more important than like whatever polish you could put on it from like additional native stuff. So uh, I think it's fine if your goal is to just like MVP and get it done. If your goal is to like you know massive quality or massive stability or something or performance or whatever, then it's probably not the best fit. And I don't think that's new to anyone, other than like the purists on the other side that are arguing that it's the perfect solution for every everyone. Which I don't think. I think a reasonable person that's unbiased could agree that that's not the case either. Yeah. So, um, but that applies to anyone who touts any framework or languages. Absolutely. The one solution is just, it's a bad opinion. Yeah. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, which I'm obviously mega biased, but like saying that React Native is a fine solution for someone, I hope is hopefully some sort of signal there, but mega bias um, is my favorite Pokemon. But I, <laughs> I think, uh, at Airbnb, I mean, I don't know much about that organization, like specifically other than like a few friends that work there. Um, but there are obviously a ton of people that work on it and it's a huge thing that needs to be really stable. And honestly, it's like if it takes you an extra like six weeks or three months to ship whatever feature you're working on, uh, as long as it doesn't break people being able to like reserve a room on their phone, then like that's fine if that's the cost. So 
same for us like at lyft it's like all we need to do is have someone request a ride and that not break like anything else you want to do like cool fine whatever but like that absolutely has to work under like at all costs um so pick the thing with the best like performance and stability and stuff and um that's the bigger thing than productivity because it's like yeah we'll hire like 30 more people like who cares like whatever um so i think the trade-off makes total sense for someone large like airbnb um i've heard a lot of mixed things at facebook because a lot of people are asking like is facebook so is it i've heard a lot of people like when i interviewed there when i was starting like back in august they're like yeah no one uses it only component kit and then other people on twitter are like no i work at facebook and all we use is react native so it's like it's team dependent depends on who you ask right right so i mean they have a bunch of amazing tooling so even if it was awful their infrastructure is like phenomenal that it could be contained the awfulness and like we, we call it the golden path at, at Lyft. Like the golden path cannot be affected and that's fine. Like you can book a ride and get there and like, cool, whatever. You're not going to break it. Like if marketplace wants to use the next new thing, like who cares if marketplace breaks, they turn it off. Like it doesn't affect anyone. So um, anyway, I don't know. There's a lot of talking, but does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, you know, in most technical arguments, it boils down to what trade-offs are you willing to make? And for a startup, the trade-off here would be like, do you want to hire an Android and an iOS developer to get the the perfect native implementation of, of this thing? Or do you want to let a JavaScript engineer that builds the website also cobble together a React Native app and, yeah. and it works and it's like a proof of concept and and as that grows, perhaps you know it becomes more mature as we see with Airbnb. Obviously, they've done a lot of work there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, also, I know there it was like kind of a vocal minority that was like really for it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it depends on who you ask, I suppose. But yeah. uh, like at Canvas, for example, that was like, uh, I was the only mobile person and there was five, six total, six at the most when we when we were like people-wise. Uh, and I think they shouldn't have hired me given their stage. And uh, honestly, all the work I did didn't meaningfully impact their, like any metric they cared about or adoption or anything. So that is a very frequent problem though. Like people are like, Oh, engineering is what will save us. And it's often not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also like the amount of effort and time we spent and the founders spent like working on the mobile app was a huge distraction. Um, if they were like winning on mobile for something, and I mean, at the time Dropbox paper hadn't launched. Yeah. So we were like really, or hadn't launched at all when we started and then hadn't launched mobile. So we were like really working on it and they'd be this by like a couple weeks, which is a real bummer. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered, but in starting our own company, it's very easy to suddenly see that like it's not always design and development. Like we always think, like we, it's very common to say, it's not just build it and they will come. <clears throat> you have to have these other things, but in your mind, you kind of always still think it is totally. Like, I mean, the moment we were like convinced we were doing the most impactful work. Yep. In Product. hindsight, it was like yeah. In hindsight, immediately we're like that was so stupid. We shouldn't have done any of that. The like business side is so core. Like it. It's so clear now, like all the things that I'm missing as like a good employee, like it, it like shows you all your flaws immediately. Yeah. I was talking with uh, a friend at WWDC. Um, he wrote a blog post on like reducing jank in an app and then another one on like why sketch is different than um, uh, like iOS implementation. And he made this like eyebrow. Oh, that's the face thing. That the medium post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe Brandon will link them. They're uh, very informative. Um, awesome guy. He just finished college like recently. He's like on one of his first jobs. Uh, he was like, what should I do? Like, I really care about this design, like super detail engineering stuff. Kind of like 
not a lot of people are doing that. I don't think like I'm interested in that field. I was like, honestly, man, like as much as I personally am interested in like polish and stuff, this doesn't matter at all for anyone. Like if we hire a hundred people to like polish the hell out of lift and like hundred people take more rides, like that is not worth it at all. Right. And no amount of polish is going to like, you know, double our market share. Yep. Um, it's, it's like, we want to cut our prices in half. That's going to double our market share. You know, I was talking about sustainable, but it feels so important to you at the time. It is what makes you better at your job nominally. Um, and is like what makes you feel better around your peers. And it is what like, I don't know. It, it, it's what we value as a like group of people largely. But until you like go work at a startup that you are like one of the first five people and like you realize what really causes the business to succeed or fail, you will not be better at your job. Yep. Well, and for any like side projects or whatever else, whatever other thing you do, like everyone's going to validate you on your polish. Yep. Not your exactly whatever thing, you know, like there's no stakes in it either. So you don't have to be the business side. Right. Like Matt and I, uh, Matt MDS, Matt D. Smith and I put out an app called Contrast. Brent and I were talking about earlier. Uh, It's usecontrast.com. Nice plug. Um, I can't give out promo codes because there's only a so whatever. App Store sucks. Anyway, why not um, in contrast? That would have been better. Because <laughs> uh, you didn't, you didn't tell us. To God do damn that. it, bro! I'm here for you. Anyway, I saw the video where you named it that. We polished it like a crazy amount. Like it's so beautiful. Th- thank you. But like the app and the website, excessive. Like hundreds of hours on this thing. We've made like 16 grand, which is great. More than zero. But if you, at the time we were both freelancing and we were both like charging a lot and we took time off our normal clients to work on contrast because we were both really passionate about it, had fun working together. If you count the number of hours we spent, let's just say 200 each um, divided by like 8,000 is not even remotely worth it, but but like fine, whatever, you know, and um, it doesn't matter. But looking at like, like a, like a, a real company, you know, it's like, okay, I'm on a feature team and we have this metric we need to improve, like let's just A-B test some copy everywhere because like something might help a little and that's gonna be way more impactful than like we factored something and now the button like press animation is better. I'm like, cool, fine. Uh, and personally, it's so depressing. Yep. But also it like hurts. making it physically hurts. Like fixing the business is also like this thing I haven't done a lot of and this is like interesting. It's so much harder though. Like, oh my God, is it way harder? Yeah. But at Canvas, for example, we all like knew that but we were all personally still in the back of our mind. Like that's not true. The polish is what will win, especially when we were so similar to like paper and docs and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a definitely a, uh, like, uh, easy trap to fall into. So I have some feelings on this now that are, I don't know, maybe slightly informed because we've been doing this for a hot minute. Um, but I think largely the trap that people fall into when they realize that the business is important is optimization and you get into like 10% gains or 20% gains or something like even up to like 100% gains it's often not what is actually going to matter you need like 1000% gains or like 10,000% gains something like meaningfully like clearly like massive uptick that is sustainable right Um, yeah like all of iOS at Canvas was not a 10x like yeah growth thing so we should have done it we should have spent the time on other things hmm. um so i think people immediately fall into that hole when they start trying to optimize for business stuff at all um i think there's an element i kind of feel weird saying this but i think there's an element of like 
luck and building the right product that you are excited about is one of the best things you can do because you have to like depend on this. Like you are hitting, well, one, there's insight, right? Like you are actually targeting a need that you have found or that you think is a significant market and then luck in that everyone finds it. Uh, There's some skill that can play in there, but as product people primarily, like if you don't have someone who's like really good at it, skill probably won't make a difference. In my experience, the biggest thing with luck is someone very connected sees it and yeah. then like tweets about it randomly mm-hmm. or makes a video or whatever. Like with contrast, a few people like reviewed it and made YouTube videos and there was like some popular design vlog thing. I don't know. Uh, and we like, that was as big as our opening day sales with all mm-hmm. like Matt and I promoting it a lot. Um, just like some guy we don't it's know. Pablo Stanley, right? Tweeted it. Maybe. Sounds right. I saw the video that he did. Um, I think there's someone else as well, but uh, it was like, cool. I mean, maybe Matt talked to him. I don't know, but um, I know Matt knows Pablo, but I don't cool. know. Cool. Um, anyway, that, that was like huge for us and we didn't do anything, you know, it just happened. Um, so I feel like there was a bit of that, at like different scales, um, with luck, like someone just happens to see it and thinks it's cool. Um, so then it's like, well, how can I be intentional about this? How can I make my own, make my own luck? It's like a terrible cliche thing to say, yeah. but you know, like yeah. how can I advance the things that happen by chance? Um, like do I email like every blogger I could possibly know and like, Hey, like, please talk about this. Like, I'll give you whatever you want. Um, yeah. yeah, probably. I'll give you a free copy. <laughs> yeah, but that's way less fun than like I'm gonna polish the hell out of some like switch when you press it has this like engineers want to build, designers want to design. Yeah, product I, people think that product is the solution. I think there's a component of like building something you love and like clearly being passionate about it is one of the best things you can do to promote a thing. Like if you are constantly talking about a thing because you are like clearly excited and like stoked on the thing, I think that's often infectious. There's there is a like critical mass like you have to have like enough following or whatever to like start that thing off but it can go a long way i mean from the very first when i had a twitter account i had like not even 20 people following me yeah um just like because it it came out right after i graduated high school or at least i got it right after i graduated high school and none of my high school i didn't really have like that many friends in high school and none that were like tech people um so and I didn't go to college. So it's just like my random coworkers I didn't really mm-hmm. even like know or care about. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, you have a Twitter account. I have a Twitter account. Like, this is cool. I, yeah, right. Um, I used to tweet at my like old MacBook Pro because I found there was like a tweet my Mac product or something like that. <laughs> they were like, I could make my MacBook talk in Sarah's dorm room to let her know that I was like locked out at the building when Incredible. I got to work at like 8 a.m. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, anyway, but I just started posting screenshots and stuff about like the first app I was working on. And like at the time, no one was making apps so it was like interesting i guess um and that's like where all my stuff came from that or whatever else i'm working on you know i'm usually pretty open about most things um which is kind of a bummer being in a big company because i can't talk about a lot of stuff um yeah it changes the, fine. the nature a little bit but i don't want to hear about your stuff that much but anyway the difference <laughs> is when when the stuff ships it it can feel like a bigger reveal it i don't know yeah i mean but also it's like i worked on this with like a ton of other people like right. it's hard to I mean, not to be like ah, brag-driven uh-huh. development back yeah. to the first episode, but uh, I don't know. I want to be like, yeah, I made this and I did a good job and you can tell me I did a good job and now we're like, cool, yeah. So what drove the growth of your Twitter account from there? What do you mean? Like, What what led to people deciding to follow you in the first I place? I think it's just like I got a ton when I was doing Cheddar because I did it like, super open and I was like tweeting nonstop because yep. I was working at home by mm-hmm. myself about all the stuff I was doing and like starting a business and you know people were yep. into it. And there wasn't as much of that back then because I was like you know, 2011 or something. Um, so. Ah, the old days of 2011. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time ago now. It's crazy. Um, 
So I don't know. I mean, even like when my first episode, we we were listening to the intro before we recorded this, and I was talking about doing whiskey, and I was like, it was open, or a lot of it was, all the issues were open, and like mm-hmm. a bunch of the code was open, and there was like, uh, I don't know, a lot of stuff, and everyone was like really into it, not because it was good, just because of the promise, and they liked me, and they liked hearing me talk about it, um, which is cool, but honestly, doesn't make good products. It's just yeah. like really fun. Yeah, I like. Um, so if I could do that and make money, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was talking with my brother the other day, and he was all depressed because he's trying to get a job as a web developer, but he has like forty followers on Twitter. I was like, when I moved out here, I had seventeen followers. When we started Design Details, I had thirty-one. Like, just putting shit out constantly like makes a world of difference. Like, I knew no one out here. I yeah. I mean, I met Brian. And I was like, I want to make a thing with this guy. How'd this you all guy? meet? I had a meetup. GitHub party GitHub thing. Meetup, yeah. Cool. I, I'm curious how, if at all, having a quote unquote following has changed. Like none of us have millions of followers. We're not like that level, but having thousands of followers in this industry can account for a, I think a meaningful number of like yeah, our, thousands our of followers peers. is 100%. connected to some real life relationships, I think. Sure. So I'm curious if it's impacted Sam, you have obviously more followers than us. Like, does that, do you think about that? Does it impact you? Does it change the way that you think about what you share and what you open source and that kind of stuff? Or uh, a at little. this point, is it just a thing? Well, I mean, you, wait, are you complaining less or more? <laughs> uh, I definitely complain less. I don't know. Before I worked at a company, I definitely tweeted more, but I wouldn't tweet about like some client stuff or whatever. Cause I didn't want to like piss my client off. Uh, and now like, two VPs at Lyft follow me so I don't want to like complain about work or anything because that would be weird uh-huh. um, I remember back when this is like 20 I've always tried to be an open person 2000 in my experience thank you I guess 2000 well, I'm just saying like the complaint is not coming from just wanting to complain about things it is you try to be very yeah, I talk expressive about, I talk about everything. yeah, yeah. That's, that's always been my thing overshare I don't know uh, but back in like 2008 Gruber linked one of my things on Daring Fireball and followed me and I was like oh man this is the best all right so I made a new account called Personal Sam that was private, and I was just like, because back then I was, I mean, you can go to tweets.sof.es, like, and see all my tweets from all time. Uh, I was like going to Walmart, no one's here, bought some bread, getting little Debbie's too. These are all like different tweets, you wow. know, like live stream. Because I was like by myself and sad and alone. It was the worst. So I was just like tweeting about whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then occasionally, like, here's a screenshot of an app I'm working on. Uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, eighteen year old me. Uh, so now there's a bit of that. I've had second accounts for a bit on and off, but now well, it, your best one is Lyft Bryn. <laughs> Lyft Bryn because he's Uber Bryn. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it hasn't <laughs> tweeted. I, I think we we're both drunk when I pushed <laughs> that. that. Sounds like a drunk Twitter. <laughs> I account. think we were also podcasting at the time when you made it. I think uh, that was an immutable thing. I don't remember. Anyway, does, does it uh, impact like anything? I, what I'm trying to get at is people often seek out. Twitter followers and try and figure out how to grow that faster. Like, yeah, you have advice there? Is it meaningful? Do you give a shit about it at this point? Yeah, I was going to say now that I have friends, I usually just text people instead of like tweeting on a private account. Yeah. So I text Brent a lot of dumb stuff and Caleb and whoever else. <laughs> you text me a lot of tweets. Uh, I do. <laughs> Caleb and I almost very exclusively funny. exchange tweets. We've been talking about for years making an app where you, if you fave something, it just sends it to someone that follows well, your face. The worst thing is that I'm always on Twitter and you always retweet the things first. So I'm like, yeah, I saw that like two seconds ago when you retweeted it. <laughs> And not always. Sometimes I just text it and like with some snarky comment. Yeah. But anyway, no, I think it's been like, I'm super fortunate. And I think that's probably one of the, my biggest assets professionally is my following. Um, 
uh, again, not to be arrogant about it, but I guess just as like some context, I tweeted when I was looking for a job this time. Yeah, that was back in August. Yep. 73 companies reached out. Yeah. Um, just from the one tweet. Yeah. Like emails and, and DMs and whatever else. Um, and I got the job from like right after I tweeted it, like yeah. two seconds later, Keith from uh, Lyft texted me. I was like, hey, come work at Lyft. I was yeah. Like, All right. Uh, I, that, I don't think it's arrogant. I think this is trying to be like a matter of fact conversation about what that, like what having followers might mean to a person yeah. in this field. I mean, and most of my clients have come from Twitter or someone that like heard of me and then told someone. Everything is a connection to a person. Yeah. I, like, so for, for context, the reason that I was talking to my brother about this, he's trying to get a job as a, like a front end developer and he's been sending in applications through everyone's like application email addresses. I'm like, you, you will get nowhere with this thing. Like, no wonder you're like depressed about this. Like you're getting no responses, right? Like no one that's like, that goes in the special filing drawer that is the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, everyone wanting to be in San Francisco, uh, isn't necessary at all. I mean, the weather's awesome here, and I I want to live here more than anywhere else. Um, for that reason and the nature and stuff. But I feel like it's the people. But the it's some set of people. The your amount of connections, like going to random meetups and stuff, and like meeting whoever, uh, and then like down the road, it's like, oh yeah, like we met forever ago. Remember, like, hey, I'm working on a thing. Like, I don't know that that like who you know is is so real. I mean, and there's definitely that in other other cities too, like New York and wherever else with like a lot of tech folks, but. Um, that's definitely undervalued. Uh, and a lot of it's just like, I mean, like years ago I was following people on Twitter that didn't live here and I didn't live here either, but staying up with everyone. And I feel like it's hard to be included in some of those conversations until you've made something that people respect. And then everyone's like, Oh yeah, you're yeah. one of us. Like what's up? Well, it's even having the context <laughs> for a person. Like if, if someone replies to your thing and you have no context for who they are at all, you like, there's very little chance you will reply to them. Yeah. There's like nothing to say oh it's like you're the whatever guy you made that thing like, yes cool that, yeah that's um, a starting point like i remember i was a fan of raji for years he had that freaking rainforest on his blog and it was mm-hmm. awesome oh my god so at the time it was incredible he had those like the it would be incredible Sucha today themes. it would be like, incredible today so yeah we should bring it back he um, he made a thing recently where there were like banana particle effects and it was crazy nice there was, like a gorilla in a jungle thing um and there was a bunch of I mean, a bunch of other people too um back then and i hadn't done anything at the time i mean i made a few iOS things but nothing like super notable other than like the bible app um only a few million downloads or whatever. i mean at the time it wasn't as big of a deal but I mean, yeah whatever anyway it, it was like yeah you're that guy whatever fine but then i like did some other stuff and like followed him and like replied a lot because i was just a fan uh and then i was like yeah like he was in san francisco years ago and we like hung out and I met Jim apparently yeah. that night. Uh, Jim Lee, Super weird, who works at Expo, uh, and is our friend Kathy Zeng's boyfriend as well. We has uh, been on the show. We've hung out like a, a ton of times, and then the other night he was like, "Hey, we met before with Raji." I was like, "Oh, cool." I totally forgot. Um, I don't know. I think I think that's really uh, undervalued, and I don't know people. I, like people work. I hear like, "Yeah, I don't use Twitter, or whatever." And I was like, "Man, how do you? How are you even here?" Like, but that, not that Twitter's the only way, but like, it's so for me, it's like my most valuable asset in, in my experience the two things that have mattered to anyone i like tried to work for or wanted to meet or any of that stuff is like things you've built and the people you know like like the relationships you've built and the the, the like things you've shipped are the things that people like care about mm-hmm. not some abstract skill set that you use for your employer or something yeah, and really, did I go to meetup? Like, I'm gonna go to this meetup to further my career. It's like, no, I just want to go you hang out with. You don't people. go to network. You go. You should go to meet people yeah, and yeah. be like friends with them. Um, so I don't know. 
I don't know if that's helpful. <laughs> Especially if you're not here, like, man, what do you do? I don't know. I mean, I guess just like be really active on whatever community you're into, like GitHub or Dribble or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. I, I guess the counterpoint would Spectrum, be. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like there is, I don't know what the percentage would be, but there's a lot of people in San Francisco in design and engineering that just don't give a shit about Twitter. It's true. Like when yeah. I was at Facebook, I think I was maybe the only of my coworkers that was kind of like in this Twitter crowd of people that... Do we know who any of them are? Uh, on social media, no, because they're not active there, but they're talented designers and they've they've made their way to companies they don't like, count. like Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when I, when so I, first, I guess the counterpoint is like... I, I can oh, they're see the kind it, of person that work at Facebook. I can All see right. how it's a, <laughs> it is a tool that can be leveraged and it it's so, sort of a social proof thing, but I guess what I would say to other people is there's tons of people that have made it without having a large Twitter sure. following. Like this isn't a prerequisite. I mean, I think a lot of that too is you've worked somewhere else I've heard of and then now somewhere else you've heard of will hire you. I think that you know? largely counts under the has made something. Right, you have bucket. an amazing portfolio and you've worked nowhere anyone's heard of and like cool yeah. or whatever set of work, not necessarily portfolio in yeah, the formal yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, or like, oh, you've worked at Facebook before, you're probably not bad because they have high standards, like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I know when I first started at Lyft, I was like, I've given up. Like, I'm just a worthless human. Like, I have all these skills and I'm just going to waste them at a big company. Uh, thinking everyone else was like the same. And then I was like, oh, there's a bunch of awesome people here that are like really talented and they're just not active on social media. I was like, oh, all right. I got like, my perspective changed that it's like, oh, you can be good and work at a company. Like, huh. they're like secret people, <laughs> which is like super. It's weird. Bad companies hiring talented people. That's a very people. indie approach to that. I don't mean because I never worked at a big company, and I just assumed all the, all the people I know and respect don't. You worked at a big company companies. for three months. I mean, it was a hundred <laughs> people. Um. Anyway, so that's a memo. Um. So sure. I don't know. I I think it's easier for sure, but it's not required. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could talk about shutting projects down since uh the context of this is this Brin's final recording of the design details well, podcast the the thing i was kind of attempting to lead into maybe haphazardly was like the thing that this has done for me was connecting me to great people like i hung out with you twice maybe sam once. no i think it was twice i think i'd gone to your new york your new year's eve party before that or it might have been right no it was right after because we recorded in the beginning of december the first episode yeah, I wouldn't have invited you had we not done that because we'd only hung out once. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then Louis Mantia tried to convince us not to make the show. <laughs> Classic. Uh, so, the, how do you th- feel, The thing Brent? was like meeting people. Like yeah. that's like the number one thing that this has done for us is like not necessarily like, I mean, the audience and stuff is cool. And um, like, I love that several thousand people listen to every episode, like tens of thousands of people. That's fucking rad. But meeting people has made the biggest impact on my life yeah so why are you stopping uh sorry too much brian in my life Mm. i understand i mean you've met a lot of people and you can continue to do that because you're now like a known figure i don't know every time i go to any design thing everyone's like talking about how great design details is which i kind of didn't expect nothing against you all, but no, we had to, the podcast like, is kind of shit, guys. We I mean, did the episode twice, and it was so bad <laughs> both times. We did the I don't know if we have we told yes, have we, yeah. we've, we've established yeah. this in anyway uh, in, in design details canon. Yeah, yes, we we did it twice. Second time with socks. Uh, yeah. First time 
Was you were at your home. Yep. Second time we made you come and talk directly into my freshly laundered socks. Yep. Yes. And I was like, man, Brian's tall. Was my first thought. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Uh. Right. But now that you're like a known person, you can like meet people. Oh, that's what I was getting. It at. makes it very easy on me. I don't like follow a lot of design stuff. Like I'm not like a design meetup goer. But going to those, everyone's like, man, design details is like the best. I was like, oh, so all right, cool. What's interesting to me is like I thought. Um, so I went to a ton of design meetups before starting it. And then there was an ego component where I went to them shortly after starting it. And like people had heard of me and like, that was the coolest thing. And then now I stopped going to them because I kind of am over design stuff, which I feel kind of ungrateful about. And I don't know how to process that, but like I've gotten more and more into, I mean, I've always done front end engineering since like literally my first design job back in 20, 2009, 2010. Um, and so I've always been doing that. Like, I mean, it was just like HTML and CSS at first. And then it like now with spectrum, it's like, react stuff that you can go and look at on github and um i don't i still do a lot of like visual stuff but i don't care about the design discourse as much and so the literal format of this is like less and less appealing to me well i feel like it's what we're talking about earlier with the product stuff like the now that you're doing your own thing it's even more obvious that the um what's going to make the difference isn't if it's the best visual design ever mm. uh, or the clearest flow or whatever. It's like, do people want to use this thing? Why? Okay. Work on that part. Um, and I'm definitely like all throughout the years, I've never been like super into computer science. Cause I, I didn't go to school, so I don't know a lot of this stuff. I mean, I've definitely spent a lot of time on Wikipedia and books and stuff like mm. learning cause I'm interested in it, Yeah, but it's not really useful or rarely. Um, it's like all the programming demeans turn into like make a thing. So same for like, you know, when I do design stuff, it's like, okay, I need a thing. Like I'll got to have something. Um, and to me, that's always been the exciting part, not the like details of design. <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Uh, Brought it all back around. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, and I feel like when we first met, you were really into like, just like design as a thing and the community and yeah, absolutely. all that. And now you're onto the, the other thing and I, yeah. I, for a while i thought like my way of thinking was better because i'm kind of arrogant i guess or at least i was i'll just say i was i'm on no comment about present day um it's not that you're arrogant you just hate <laughs> things <laughs> anyway i don't want to be arrogant but i feel like i am i don't know anyway uh well for I, I worked with someone that was like really into the details of computer science stuff um and i was like man i'm better than this guy because he doesn't care about like the product whatever else like my way is like the more enlightened way of thinking. Um, and I don't necessarily believe that anymore. Um, but I definitely prefer it. So that's it, why it I thought it was feels better. better to me. Like it releases endorphins in my body when I make something that's like, fuck yes, that's so good. Like, <laughs> you know, like that feeling is incredible. Yeah. No arguments there. Um, but I just feel like there are other things that are more important to me now. And that's, not to say that's entirely why I'm leaving this, but like if I was even going to consider continuing to do a thing, like this has provided me greater than 300 hours of direct mentorship mm-hmm. from like all of the people I grew up like idolizing yeah. and then some. Um, it has been directly meaningful, but that's not a thing I'm looking for anymore, which again, sounds ungrateful. And I'm like, this is the yeah, big yeah. quandary. What are you going to do with all your free time? What's next? Uh <laughs> 
So as all of you, I assume know, Brian and I run a company together. That has been my focus. The problem of that has been that we are like fully in that uh, greater than five days a week and for very long periods of time. And then we'll get to Friday or Saturday and be like, shit, we never recorded an episode of Design Details for Wednesday. We have to get it to our producer by Monday. What the hell? Like, It's stressful. That is what I'm removing. Um, <laughs> there, in the initial list, I went back and looked at the initial like guest list. It's the title guest list is a sheet on Google called guest list. And it had 128 people in it from the get go. This is 256. This is exactly double what we intended to do from the start. And that feels like a good time to cut it off. It is a beautiful number, like multiple of eight, like power of two. <laughs> it's all the things, you know, I could buy an SSD this size and like, <laughs> you could. Depends on how you measure the bytes. But. Well, I think that's something a lot of people struggle with and I've struggled with in the past. Like all three of us are side project people and there is this moment where you have to decide when you're done with it, even if it perhaps is working. Maybe it's not like mm-hmm. this rocket ship thing, but mm-hmm. people use it or people listen to it or people are buying it. But I mean, I've something got- changes internally or in your personal life or externally because you, you've moved on to a new thing. Uh, I've got several of those and many of them have waned and like just kind of like been a shade of their former selves before we shut it down and that feels bad. And that is something that I wanted to specifically avoid with this thing. Brian, you have more guts than I do going forward with this thing. Like clearly there's something else. For me, there's nothing next that is publicly accessible. Like nothing. I'm going to be less stressed as a human being. I'm going to keep working on the things that I care about in my free time, like for my friends. Cause I think that's like really like, that's the thing that removes stress for me. And that's it. I will work on my job. I'll work on fun stuff with my friends, like where I tell them stories about giant robots mm-hmm. and that's it. Sam, when do you think about shutting down side projects or stopping to work on them at least i'm pretty okay at it i think for apps i'm really bad at it for open source um for apps it's usually i want to focus on something else and it's a distraction it's not doing that well so i'll just like shut it down it always makes me like oh man should i have done that because i i always get like a handful of emails of like i love this i'm gonna miss it so much and you're like yeah Sorry, I don't have time for this because I want to make time for something else that I'm more excited about. Exactly. Yeah, that's so frequent too. So, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. A couple have like sold and that was fine because it's still like in theory will be around, but it's obviously never is. And then a couple I just shut down because I didn't want to work on it anymore. Um, usually it's some forcing function of like there's a new operating system, like a new iOS that has some thing. And it's like, well, it's been two years and I still don't have iPhone 6 support. I guess I should turn this off. That sort of thing. So, I mean, not not that specifically, but um, that's usually how I do it. With software, it's like someone's still using this, and you technically can still use it, but there's a lot of problems, and I don't want to fix them. So I just <laughs> ignore all the <laughs> ignore all the issues. Like I don't know. One thing I made like geez forever ago. It's like SS Keychain, which is now called Sam Keychain, because there was a thing in Safari Safari Services called Keychain that was added. It broke a bunch. Of, anyway, I had to rename it. Um, Facebook used to use it and like Pinterest and Twitter and like a ton of people used to use it. Uh, and it's still, it was like top 10 objective C repos for a while. Uh, it's still out there and still a bunch of people use it. And I get probably 10 emails a week about it. And I just, I honestly just delete them and don't even read them. That's what if you're making money from it with, 
does that change the equation or is it just really not something you're excited yeah, about? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's if it's a full-time amount of money or a proportional amount, like if I could work on like three things that paid me like 30% of my needs, then like, and it took 30% of my time, then I'd be totally into that. Um, but at this point, I'm getting no return out of it. Uh, and most people that comment on that, it's an issue with Keychain, not my thing specifically. Like it's been rock solid for years. Uh, there's some new features doesn't have that like would be nice, but like they're new OS editions and like it never supported those anyway. Um, but there's no like known bugs with it. So uh, it doesn't actually need attention. It's just people like don't understand. And I don't really want to do support. Um, yeah. But if it was like, you know, if I was making like 300 grand a year on on that thing, then like, yeah, like let's do whatever. Um, so it is, it's a financial. Well, only because I can't, then I could uh, spend time on it. There's any amount of boredom you can off put by putting money into it, I think. No, I, I mean, yeah, with like a crazy amount. But my, my thing is more of like, if I could quit my job and work on some open source thing full time, then I definitely consider that um, because that would be a new thing I haven't done. And like, that's exciting. Is, isn't and, this like a, the big discussion now is people are open sourcing projects that are getting used at companies like Facebook and Pinterest and are supporting infrastructure at companies that have money and the open source developers themselves get jack shit. Like that's yeah. the whole point of open source though, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the rails core people, no, that's not the point of open source. The point no, of open, open source, source is to give it to anyone regardless of income. Right, but the 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 problem there is the the value being delivered doesn't equate to an amount that lets the developer continue to maintain well, it, and so everybody's it, worse off. In that case, it's a service and not an open source project. No, it could so, still be open source. No, I know if not you, if you're expecting money for it. It's not about expectation. It's about having the incentive to continue to maintain and improve it. And one one might argue that the incentive is that oh shit facebook uses it i want to maintain it but then it's like these are corporations that are making millions of dollars off the backs of well, this the, kind of stuff not that they don't give back obviously there's no fork it it doesn't it's irrelevant all this so you don't think open source developers should make any money because uh, they, no, they opted I, into I don't the open source ecosystem i don't think they should demand money i agree so i know um mike perham i'm definitely saying this wrong he makes a thing called sidekick s i d e K-I, or S-I-Q, something like that. It's spelled weird. Um, we're going to link it. This would be great for you. you. You know, you always have said these things in Immutable and everything else. And I never do it. Yeah, I don't even know. listen to the episodes after we produce them. So. We haven't done show notes on this one in two years. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a thing. <laughs> Imagine a link in the show notes. You yeah. can Google it. Um, so he has a, it's a Ruby gem for like queuing stuff. It's fantastic. It's like the new standard. There was like a really good one by Shopify that everyone used for years. And he came out and made a better one. And I was like, look, it's like 30 times more efficient. There's all this, like well, with a bunch of data and charts and stuff. And I was like, you should use this. There's also a compatibility thing. So you literally just change the name of the gym and it works. You don't have to do any extra code changes. Also, you can migrate if you want. But like he spent a lot of time on this thing and like released it. And it was like, this is fantastic. And now it's like the new standard. Everyone uses it for real stuff. Um, and then a couple years in, it's like really highly used. You could like pay for like him to like basically do consulting with you he'll like spend a couple hours and like help you a few problems or whatever or um but then he added like a ton of new features that are like super awesome you have to buy a license from him it's like a thousand dollars a year or something or ten thousand whatever i think it's like there's a couple of them um and you get access to like another gym that's like a private and or like a npm package whatever uh it's ruby but it's it's a gym get the idea uh and with all the extra features but you can still use it for free if you don't have like the pro thing 
Uh, that's his living. That's what he does. So I think if you're like creative and really put effort towards that, and he was also pretty well known before he made this, um, or maybe not. I think he's well known because he made it. I don't know. Um, then you can definitely make a living doing open source. It's just like a rough, rough thing because your core thing is not paid, right? But you can, there's charge for other stuff. So then aren't you going to perpetually be stuck in this state of like, you want to do open source and get paid for it, but in order to do it, it just takes an, a massive amount of Is the thing open source or is investment. it being your own thing? Uh, no, when I was, I mean, in 2009 and 10, I wanted to do open source for a living, right? I wanted to do open source full time and somehow make money. But um, I feel like most people in the Valley's dream is going indie, like having your own thing. Yeah, I, I think now I'd much rather work on my own work on my own product. Um, now, like I work on a, a set of libraries internally for like the design system stuff uh, at Lyft, and there's a lot of people. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but there's a lot of iOS people, um, several tens, I guess. Uh, it's probably okay to say. I don't know. Whatever's fine. Whatever, yeah. Uh, and I get a lot of requests from people like, Hey, I'm using your thing, but I want to use it in a slightly different way. Can, can we change it? Or like, can you add this feature or whatever? And then sometimes people are like, well, I need it now. Like do it. <laughs> like you're blocking my feature. And it's like, man, just do whatever you would do, whatever, whatever you would do if I wasn't here. Like, yeah, you, like you gotta, Work I'm not blocking it. you. Like you gotta do your own thing. Uh, and that's really frustrating for everyone, like for me and for them. Uh, and I feel like open source is like that up to 11 of like, I need this. You're ruining my company because I don't have this feature and like I don't know how to add it, but I need to. I need you to do it right now. Do you see the fork button, my friend? It's open so source is really stressful. I've done a lot of open source over the years, uh, and I honestly don't enjoy it that much. Other than the, I made something that's just code and released it, and people like it. That part I like a lot. Um, but honestly, everything else I'm not a big fan of. And when I started doing open source, it was just you had to pay to make GitHub account, GitHub repos. And I needed to share code to other GitHub repos. So I did free ones, not really even thinking about the consequences because at the time no one used GitHub or even knew what Git was. Um, and that's a lot of my stuff took off just because I was like sharing stuff for myself. So I always liked that part, but not the, hey, I need you to do a thing. Because most of the contributions I got over the years for most of my stuff have been like pretty crap. A lot of them I had to remove or like fix or I don't know, a few people like fix typos or random bugs. And like that was nice, but there's been no meaningful contributions I've accepted over the years that were like new features or something. There's also a lot of demands that it opens up to. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it'd be really stressful now and I kind of don't want to do it. Um, I mean, if you look at like Linus, he's like falling apart. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, he had like some pretty crazy emails this week. He was like ripping someone a new one. Uh, Who? Needlessly. Linus, Linus Torvald. The guy that runs oh, Linux. Yeah. He just like is an open source manager, basically. Like I always heard manager. his name is Linus, so I didn't know it was Linus. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Linus, but I'm not 100% on that. All right. Anyway. We'll chalk it to that Kentucky accent. Of yours. Sure. Yeah, anyway. So he he like seems like a miserable person now. Um, he I is, think, yeah, there's sort of this romanticization. Roman, is that sorry word? I know what you mean. You're close enough. Romanticizing of, of I work on open source, and, and there are people that, that make a living from it uh, through corporate sure. contributions yeah, yeah. or Patreon model, things like that. But there is this... Max Stoiber, stop listening right now. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm all about it now. Like, I... It's very hard, and we don't often spend a whole lot of time working with contributors, but there is, there is I think, base value in having something be open and accessible for others to learn from. Totally. I'm uh, for that. But I think kind of what you're saying there is this romantic notion that is uh, 
shattered pretty quickly when people realize what it looks like to have people ask for features on an open source project that you never intended for, never thought about, or don't really particularly yeah. care about. It's like, well, you have your own goals. And it's like, well, do I want to spend like all my time for a while refactoring to add this one thing you don't even care about? Like, right. It's probably not worth it. Right. There was a talk recently someone gave on like why they shouldn't use frameworks. Um, <laughs> it was guy by the guy that wrote Django, um, which is interesting. It's like the really popular web framework for Python. If you're doing Python, you're using Django basically. If you're I know Wilson Miner worked on that, but I don't know when, and I don't think it was him that gave that talk. It is definitely not. Is the technical co-founder? He gave it at whatever. Google it up. Brent's not going to link it. But anyway, it was really interesting on why he has this like sheet music web app thing he made, and he's like, "Why don't use a framework?" He was basically saying when they were making Django, they made it for themselves. And then all these people asked for stuff and they spent a ton of time working on features that they didn't even care about. That was like a huge distraction and like kind of a waste of time. Like sure it was good for him personally because he became famous and stuff, but you know, it didn't further the product. They were working at some newspaper in Missouri and someone wanted like localization because they were in Europe and like supported multiple languages. And he's like, man, we don't, we should do English. Like, so he spent like a couple months making Barely localization. Barely that, Missouri. <laughs> and I was like, man, what a waste of time, you know? And like in hindsight, like that was stupid. But at the time, you're like, this is a cool technical challenge. You want to work on it. So I don't know. I definitely hear that. Um, and I personally, hope only Matt Spiel heard that Missouri like diss. Uh, hey, Matt. So I don't know. I'm much more interested in like making a product. And for a while, the product was open source. Um, but now it's definitely like some delightful experience. Not even that. Take that back. I actually don't care about that anymore. I used to only care about making like the best apps. Now I just want to make something that can like pay my rent. And <laughs> that's all I want to do. Yeah. Like if I could make whatever boring. Cool. You've business, got a job. Business software. I mean, like if I was going to do my own thing, right? Like I'd be totally content to work on like a really dumb, boring thing. As long as I could like work on it and be passionate about it. Like the, the act of working on it, not necessarily the idea. And like be able to like work on that full time, I think it would be pretty cool. I feel like in practice that would probably not be true. But yeah, I'm wondering if there's another romanticization. What I, like the idea of like doing indie stuff is really interesting. Yeah, and I wonder if that enjoyment would overtake doing an idea that's not particularly sexy. I don't know. I asked Soleo about this the other day, and he's like, "Yeah, no chance. You're gonna hate it." Asked who? Soleo. Soleo. Soleo Cuervo. Yeah, I don't know why you'd ever need to like. Clarify that Saleo Cuervo. There's not many Saleos. I didn't. I thought you were. I didn't in know my his, experience. His actual last name. What did you think it was? I thought you were making a Jose Cuervo joke. Oh, that'd be weird. But his Saleo is Saleo Cuervo. Saleo's sort of like a Madonna figure. Like, yeah, he is a mononym, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've never seen his last name written anywhere, mm-hmm. or know that that was his last mm-hmm. or first name. The Madonna of. I'm design. sure there are many other Saleos. I just am unaware of them. Anyway, um, he's cool. So I don't know. For now, I'm going to hang out at Lyft and try the big company thing out for a little longer. Um, I don't know what I want to do after that, but I think I'd like to do my own thing at some point. I feel like that's also a pretty like respectable reason for leaving a company is like you want to start a company. Well, we're going to make a game. So We're going to get rich on making games. Cool. For ourselves. I want, I want to make Jackbox style games because Jackbox isn't like fantastic. It's fun. The concept could is be, could amazing. Be the execution is... Lacking. But again, like the polish doesn't matter at all. You can have fun and play in Safari and it's good enough. Yep. So I don't know. And you pay we play it a lot. Yeah, but yeah, also, yeah, it's expensive. And I, every every time one comes out, it's like, yep, buying that. Yep. And I just want Fibbage 3 and the murder thing. That's all I want. <laughs> I don't want any of the other games. Yo, I will so write the a drawing ones. game though. I'll write it like, do you know the things that Britain cares about? <laughs> the game. <laughs> It'd be so boring. <laughs> 
bunch of weird Star Wars stuff. Uh huh. Star Wars trivia. But that's exactly what trivia is: is weird bullshit. Like, well, that one's fun because it's like real serious, but then it's so stupid. I don't know. I like it. It's like, what year did this thing happen? 1787, 1797, 1807, or 1817? Like, uh, those dates are too close together. I don't know. All right. Bryn. Yeah. We're winding down. It's been a pleasure, Brian. Yeah. What, that's what I have to say. Any any parting thoughts, words of wisdom to listeners who who might possibly, if they're sick in the head, miss your voice? I'm really sorry for those two weeks that we missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people were super pissed. We hadn't missed any yeah. until like 220 something, and I'm like that always gets me. Like we were so close, but the piece that made that so unique was that I had a co-host that actually like kept me accountable for it. Yeah. If you're ever going to do something like this remotely, find someone that is reliable. (laughs) Yeah. Solo podcasting would not be ideal. Yes. Um, Someone who takes it seriously is very valuable. Plus one. Those are good parting parting Mm -hmm. words. What else? What else do you want to say to folks? Last chance, man. Come on. I'm I'm legit not doing anything next. So please don't ask for what's coming next. All right. (laughs) That was like the, like I tweeted this six episodes ago and people were like what's coming next I'm like, literally nothing yeah please do not expect anything yeah Free i'm time. trying to be less stressed right now mm-hmm. at the time when we started this i had a job i was very junior in it and it did not take my time outside of work and then several other jobs each successively took more and more of my outside of work time leading to now where it's like the thing that is my life yeah. and it's like I just am getting completely stressed by having any additional things on top of that. Well, I'm excited for you to uh, to be relaxed. I'm sure you are because you have to deal with me and the other thing too. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, perhaps you've maybe answered a, a bit of it, but it seems fitting as we as we part ways, my good friend. Uh, we've already done this. We did Charmander Plus Plus. We asked each other what keeps us up at night. Yeah, but what keeps you up at night now? Because that was a while ago. Stardew Valley. <laughs> okay, that was your one joke Sec- answer. Second playthrough. <laughs> okay, joke answer over. What's the real thing? Uh, I do not have an answer for that. Nothing keeps you up at night. No, I uh, go to bed listening to comedy podcasts so that nothing specifically keeps me up at night because I'm just laughing and then falling asleep, drowning out the pain. Yeah, that's actually quite accurate and hurtful at the same time. Uh, Sam, um, what's keeping you up at night these days? Uh what i want to do with my life yeah because i remember i was three years ago driving a motorcycle up uh potrero hill to meet caleb and kevin rose at north uh north in in potrero and i remember i was just at brian's house uh kind of yeah um it was my birthday and i was just like crying my eyes out in my helmet which is a nice place to cry because no one can see uh, and I was just like, what is the point of any of this? Like, I, I don't even know what I was doing at the time. I was like, this is so stupid. Why are you going to North while crying? Uh, it was unrelated. Just my birthday. I was, I was, that's where I was riding. I don't. Wait, was this the birthday when you were mad that no one was going to come hang out with you? And then it turned out we were all coming to your surprise party? Uh, 
because that was really funny. <laughs> this, is year, this is the year after, I think. You were all you were so mad and didn't want to come out, and we're like, we're all here waiting for him, and he's mad terrible. that we're not hanging out. With so him. I was trying to get dinner with people on my birthday, and everyone told him, <laughs> told me no because like, Ellen had already arranged it. It's like no, she did not dinner, just drinks afterwards. So I, was like, I went home and was like, I'm gonna go to bed. It's eight. Uh, this is the worst. Anyway, anyway, unrelated. Anyway. Three years ago, twenty five. But uh, you're crying on your so way 25? to twenty five. Is it 27? Was it last time ago? Whatever. You're not 30. You're 29. six months older than me, my dude. 29, right? 20. Yeah. But I turned 29 in like two months. Yeah. It's like, was that, am I 28 still? Anyway, I was like, man, this is getting closer to 30 and that's old. Or at least <laughs> young Sam thought that. Now I'm like, no, it's not that old. It's fine. Uh, I was like, what's the point of any of this? Like, okay, I have like 20, let's say I have like 20 like solid working years hopefully hopefully it's not like 40 uh what am i i, I just spent 10 percent of that on like whatever stupid thing like that's depressing let's not waste more time doing stuff that doesn't matter or whatever i don't know what's the what's the point what's the point of that that time mm-hmm. like i don't know like gosh that's depressing so was this what led you to move back to kentucky <laughs> no absolutely not unrelated uh so um I don't know. Now I'm kind of like, well, I don't enjoy the programming that much. So what can I do with my time that I do enjoy? And how can I just focus on that part? Which is a, such a overprivileged thing to say, but uh, it's like, man, I much prefer like motorcycle trips and diving and woodworking way more than like, Hey, what apps are you using? Like, man, I don't care. Like, we're just using Facebook apps. Yep. It doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> like, it's over. We're done. We're, we're past the cool part. It's just the worst now. So, I don't know. Um, I think we've somewhat aligned on that in that previously, I would always beat up on myself for not working more. Like, I think when we started this thing, I was always like, I need to be always 1000% active. Like, I have to be always doing shit that will further my career. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I need time to unwind and not be completely stressed out of my fucking mind at every minute of the day. Yeah, I used to feel really guilty playing video games because um, it's like, oh, I could be making something totally. right now. I could do a side project and all the time I spend on Stardew Valley. But it's like, man, who cares? Like, then I have to support it and then shut it down because I'm not going to support it. Like, ugh, I, I mean, that's a that's a more depressing take than I'm saying. Like, I'm just trying to de-stress a little bit. But like, sure. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Now it's <laughs> just like, too. whatever. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just going to play Stardew Valley and it's going to be fine. And what a great game. Um isn't it weird that it came out in like 2015? <laughs> but even then, it's like, what could be in the garage, like getting better at woodworking? And like, there's still always like some stress, like relaxing, which is super unhealthy. So I don't know that, <laughs> which is not happy. Fairly existential. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. How can I do woodworking full time? Is that a thing that's possible? Yes. It's called uh, carpentry. Yeah. It's, that it, is a profession. It's called YouTubing. Uh-huh. is the profession. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Woodworking YouTubing is like R- really the Because move. if I just make tables, no one's going to buy tables in the quantity yeah. or amount that I would need to pay yeah. rent. Unless they move to like North Dakota or something. I assume yeah. it's cheap there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, I like to live here though. But yeah, maybe North that's, Dakota is the worst. But maybe it's not compatible with... Sorry, life, North Dakota and Missouri. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I've never been to North Dakota. I have a lot. Why? Because uh, I lived in Minnesota and we used to travel to Saskatchewan, Canada and North Dakota's in the middle. Cool. Um, yeah, anyway, I don't know. So 
I don't know. How can I do something like drastic? I don't know. I've been doing the same thing for a while now. And normally I'd make a crazy change every year or so. So I'm feel like I'm overdue for just like being crazy. Uh, T minus some number of months until Sam is dad, dad, Sam. I don't know. We'll see about that. No current things, but that would definitely be a drastic change. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that. And then it's like, man, I don't care about programming even, even Shipping less humans now. is... Yeah. Let's just like do family stuff and whatever else doesn't matter at all. The QA is brutal on like, <laughs> Like if people like me on Twitter, doesn't matter at all. I mean, I used to only care about that and like only work on side projects and wait for people to tell me I'm awesome on Twitter. And now I kind of don't care. You're so, evolving. I don't know. I mean, and part of me thinks, and this is like a... I don't, does everyone do this? I don't know. Like... My opinion is the correct one. Uh, like, this is the better way to be than when I was younger. And I don't necessarily uh, think that I don't think. I mean, part of me does, but. I definitely had that when I was younger. But I, at the time, like. I still feel strongly about my opinions. It's just that <laughs> I don't always think that they are correct. Uh, I don't know. I've told a couple of people that are, like, pretty young, like, starting out, like, what should I do? And it's like, piece of advice. None of this matters at all. Like, just enjoy life. Like, if you want to be good at programming, like, fine, whatever. But. You know, 10 years from now, you're not going to care if you're good or not. Like, just have fun, um, which is depressing. And no one wants to hear that. <laughs> Top st- Existential people. But yeah, not super advice. useful advice. Um, I don't know. But I don't know. Think about that a lot. Is Sam okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm, a, I'm very happy. Life is good. I know. So, no, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I see you like every day. Uh, I've seen a lot this week. Anyway. Uh, yeah. How are you, Brian? Oh, I don't want to answer this right now. No, Brian, what <laughs> this, this isn't my this isn't my last design details. Okay, Brian, fair enough. Well, it's your last one of this thing. What's coming next? Can I be on the new one? I want to win that one too. I'll think about it, Sam. Yeah, hey, you're our our most guest. Hey, Marshall, I won. <laughs> uh, Marshall the, was one behind for clarity on that. Yeah. The the and then Maylee Koo. The early stage thoughts. So we're recording this uh, late June. This episode will come out mid July. Uh, the thought will be design details will continue in a different format with a uh, different cast and crew uh, trying to unwrap different kinds of topics. So less interview, less backstory, more uh, topical, more industry specific, maybe even crafty stuff. Who knows? Maybe I'll get into that shit. <laughs> why? Uh, I'm going to tune in just to listen to Brian talk about crafty stuff. It'll why? be more like talking about why craft is bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. which is Brian's <laughs> real opinion. It is. It is. Why well, use the it, same name since it's different? It's out of curiosity. This is. This will be the third thing that design details is bad. Yeah, because it was your blog before, right? That's right. Yeah. I tried to rename the podcast before we even started it. Good luck with that. Uh, well, now, yeah. Thanks. Well, actually, I think the name will make more sense in the new format. I think design details as a interview podcast was probably the biggest mismatch. So design details the name to format match will be better in the next iteration, I think. Uh, Except that it won't be about design and probably not the details because fuck craft. <laughs> no, I talk about why people care about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> design details, details. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think that's a it, joke we made when we first were naming this thing was design details, details. I, yeah. I think it, it's partly, uh, it's a name that, that people know and it's comfortable and and, and it, it has RSS sus- subscribers. Yeah, all the shit's set up. I don't have huh, to do more. Fair work. enough. So well, you have to learn how to run a recording rig for the first time ever. 
I'll think about That's it. It's not hard. Yeah. Figure it out. Thanks, man. <laughs> Don't give him that much credit. Uh, what's what's going on with Spec? Is it still happening? I left Spec mm, a year ago. Cool. I'm not a Spec person anymore. So is it just Sarah? Sarah runs it. Sarah's the CEO. Cool. She took my shares and my title. That really affects you, your personal bank account, since it's shared. I assume. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little little financial downside of so, that transition. <laughs> what's interesting about Spec is that we pretty much never paid Spec anything. We mm. paid everything out to the hosts and the producer. So it was like it's the exact same. Like mm. nothing changed, but not because we share a bank account. Yeah, cool. That makes sense. She did all the work. Yep. Thanks, Sarah. But yep. Spec is continuing on. Still got a lot of shows. Cool. That's great. Mm. Are you part of that still? Uh, I'm not too involved day to day, but, cool. but I'll be helping Sarah with some stuff. He is one of the, the co-founders. Yeah, cool. I'll be helping Sarah. With He's stuff the one to blame for the Flexbox issue. <laughs> well, <laughs> we were just we were just hated on the website before we started recording this. It's well, I, so side projects. Speaking of dropping off on side projects, specifics is something that like I really care about still, and I haven't even like I did this like elaborate illustration for the second one that I released over two years ago, like this thing that I'm like super, super proud of. I never even went in and changed the image out from like the placeholder one. Like that's what drives me nuts about like closing on side projects or whatever, or like just letting them wane. Like that's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, well, now you'll have time if you want. Well, I'm not going to do it on that website because rails can eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Learning new things is bad. Well, uh, d- designer should Rails is not a new thing. Let's be clear on that. Learning something you don't already know. That's what I mean by new. So I'm going to build a new website in Next.js, obviously. Obviously. That's fantastic. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go any further down that. Uh, thank you for your contributions to the podcast. <laughs> you know what? You're, Brian, you're welcome. So are we going to record this one again? I feel like we should, right? No. Okay. Going to miss you, bud. Yeah. This is episode one, final, 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 dot PSD, dot MP3. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how files work. Yeah. You got to have some of the finals in different cases, though. Yep. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Last one will be all uppercase. And there's got to be like some, maybe some like X's in different cases as well surrounding them. <laughs> XX it's underscore. Now. <laughs> all righty. You're done. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> there's a catchphrase. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, I've Brian. said love you bye as my closer for this thing so many times, even though it's definitely not the right thing. And the... the um, That's the right outro. That one with the music going makes me tear up a little bit. With the 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 music going, the one for runtime. That's not you. Never mind. Unrelated. All right. Cool. Glad <laughs> we got that out of the way. I mean the other one too. But I don't remember how it ends. Bye. Did Matt do that music too. Charlie Deets. Charlie Deets did that one. Yeah. All right. That was episode two hundred fifty six. How do you feel? Goodbye. Cool. <laughs> and he's off. He's done. He's out of here. He's left the room, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the the problem with this scenario I found myself in is I have no way to stop the recording. So we are in a perpetual outro timeline from now until the end of time. I'm back. I realize it's in my apartment, and so I can't be done until you're done. That's right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, design details will continue on, but it's time that, that Bryn steps away. It's very... It's a bittersweet moment. Any any final words before we thank our, our sponsor for making making this journey possible for you? For you. No, I'm good. Thanks, Abstract. Thank you again to Abstract for making uh, designers better. 
by introducing a secure version control system that makes it better and easier to collaborate and make fewer mistakes. You should go try it for free for a month at goabstract.com. This is it. This is the time to to upgrade your workflow. Yeah, I had to die for this. I had to like be Brit- killed off in the episode. That's right. It's not just a dream. What if this whole like it podcast thing has dream. been a dream and we're like we're just finishing the first episode with Sam Sokas? Time's weird. Inception. Westworld. Memento. <laughs> just all the time things you can think of. Mentos. Yes, Mentos. Thank you to Abstract. Thank you to Bryn. It's been real. Thank you to Abstract for letting us do very abstract ad reads and yeah. being super weird about it. Because that's yeah. so much more fun. Yeah. Thank you to you, Brian. Uh-huh. Thank you to you, Brian. It was cool of you to like <laughs> make your last name Lovin just to describe our relationship. It was a it was a bold move. When you when you changed it, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. Anything else? Brian, how you doing there? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to, to say your final it's it. words. It's it. Oh my god. Well, I can't say see you next week is the thing. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to say? You're not even going to be here next week. I might be. Maybe not. Probably not. You said... I'm probably taking a week off. Yeah. See you on the internet. Thanks, everyone. Bye.